Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Snapback Sports. If you're new here, we just want to remind you that every episode drops Monday morning and Thursday morning. It is free to listen to on Apple or Spotify, so make sure to check us out. Leave us a rating, review, subscription, etc. More importantly, though, this is our AFC and NFC Championship Weekend Preview. Plus, we're going to recap the National Championship. And finally, the MLB cracking down on the stealing signs issues going down around the league. So let's get it. What's up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Settlement from Snapback Sports on Snapchat, recording live from Los Angeles out in L.A. Going to check out a couple games, hopefully, this week. Uh, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Abe, as always. Abe, what's going on? Sunny Philadelphia today for me. Uh, Is it really? Yeah, L.A. must I mean, I feel like we're skipping over winter. You know what I mean? I don't hate that. Global warming is here, but, you know, I'm all for the better weather LA, for LA now. Weather. But you tell me. What's up, Jack? You're four days removed from a tough loss, looking ahead to championship weekend. How how are you doing? I know it was uh, a little rough on Sunday night when we recorded. You were just over 24 hours removed. But now, a few days, the Ravens have lost. The Titans are playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. How are you doing? You always ask me how I'm doing. How are you doing? Yeah, it was a, it was a tough first 48 hours for sure it just was a little bit of disbelief um disappointment obviously it was such a fun season and then to have it just all ripped away it had been yeah, definitely roped away four months since the ravens had lost which is crazy yeah, so peak too early. Um, it. it is what it is but enough about me uh we're on to the weekend but first as always we are hosting our playoff FanDuel contest. It's FanDuel.com backslash snapback, S-N-A-P-B-A-C-K, all lowercase. Set your lineup on FanDuel, five bucks to enter. We upped it to 250 spots because there were so many people joining, which is awesome. Shout out the fam for that. Uh, $1,000 plus in prizes, only five bucks to enter. Try it out. FanDuel.com backslash snapback prove that you can beat Abe and I Abe I think is finally going to submit his lineup no, this week I submitted one last week <laughs> did you it just didn't go through you also so we've got sent me a picture of the leaderboard so I'm still I, not sure that I lost I promise you didn't when you log in for this week you'll see zero dollars right. in your account I just have to find that login um, we won't we won't release our whole lineups to to be honest I haven't really set mine but I am curious, uh, maybe one value play or one or the quarterback you think you'll be going with. Because, like, it seems like Mahomes, right? It's got to be Mahomes. But he's got to be the most expensive. That, 
He's going to be most expensive, and I would imagine like 60 to 70% of all lineups will have him. So how do you win? Nine times out of ten, you win by fading Mahomes. Um, so we'll see. Impact player? Hmm. I mean, it's so hard because there's only four teams left, and like we, there was such a diverse group of people to pick from last week. But like, you got to imagine that everyone's team is going to look a little similar, right? Well, you can only have a choice, really, uh, unless you're paying really low for other players between Henry or Mahomes. Um, and I would even I would say, though, take... you wouldn't put both together because if Henry's running well, you would think Mahomes is struggling, vice versa. So I don't think those two are necessarily correlated. They're, uh, they're 100% correlated. Yeah, we'll see. But <laughs> I do like Aaron Jones a lot. I know okay. that San Fran front, that San Fran run D, that third down. Just watch. I like Aaron Jones. You okay. Know, a little preview into my uh, my NFC Championship preview. I think you're okay. We're going to so once again, FanDuel.com backslash snapback five bucks to join. Good luck to you all, and we'll have one more for Super Bowl, maybe even one for the Pro Bowl, uh, and it'll just be all Ravens. R.I.P. So now, into the AFC Championship preview. The game will be first, 3 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Chiefs, 7.5-point favorites, which means they're projected to win by 8 over the Tennessee Titans. Titans, obviously, have taken down Brady. They've taken down the Baby Goat. Now, can they complete the trifecta and take down Mahomes? Abe, what says you? What did you just say? What says you? I don't think I've ever heard Yeah, of I don't know. Trying some things out. Yeah. Um, listen, the Titans run has been marvelous. It has been entertaining. Heck, we even got to look forward to Vrabel maybe cutting off his manhood. Um, I know the Titans brought me joy in beating the Ravens, brought you hell. It ends here. I think we both agree on that, right? Like, there's no... As I say this, the Titans are going to win. But there is no way the Titans are going into Arrowhead and winning this game. I'm sorry. I get it. It's like this game is two totally different stylistic teams in what I'm saying, right? So Ryan Tannehill has thrown for 160 combined yards in the first two playoff games. Derrick Henry has ran for about 440,000 yards in the first two playoff games. Patrick Mahomes, we obviously saw what he did against Texan, the Texans, and they're very more dependent on their passing game, whereas the Titans' Achilles heel is their pass defense and the Chiefs' Achilles heel is their run defense. So if you do the math, then this game should be pretty dope, right? Because the Titans will just, <laughs> run, all, the Titans will just run all over the Chiefs and the Chiefs will just pass all over the, all over the, um, the Titans. But... I just don't even think this game's going to be close, Jack. I, I think that, like, it's it's 2020, right? These new NFL teams are spreading it out. They're throwing the ball over the field. That's the way to put up points. Are you really telling me a run-dominant team can keep up with the pace of scoring of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? It's not even, it's not even like Patrick Mahomes needs, like, ample amount of time to throw against the Texans. All five of his touchdown passes in the against the Texans traveled – Fewer than 10 yards. Obviously, that was because Houston allowed a lot of explosive plays in the middle of the field. But the Chiefs, once they get into the end zone, they cap- the red zone, they capitalize. And the Titans had the 31st, 31st ranked 
red zone defense in the regular season, allowing opponents to score 68% of the time. Um, coincidentally, the only team worse than that in the red zone was the Texans. So maybe they won't score seven touchdowns in a row. They'll score five and maybe get a field goal. Um, but listen, I mean, first off, does anyone want to see Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry in the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, I think people want to see Henry, but you made a comment that was – can they keep up with the scoring? I think the beauty of the Titans' game plan is not we're going to outscore them. It's, well, they technically have the clock as much as we can. So exactly. Can it's it's we're going to keep Mahomes off the field for six plus minutes at a time. Maybe somehow, some way, he kind of doesn't get into that rhythm. You hit him a little. Uh, they don't get seven consecutive touchdowns like they did last Sunday. So I do think there is that aspect. Chris Jones was out last week. I don't know his status for Sunday, but even if he goes, that's a big matchup because, you know, if he's banged up, that run defense is all the more impressive. And on the flip side, like you said, Mahomes should shred this pass defense. So what's it going to come down to? I think it's going to come down to all the extra factors, which is special teams and turnovers and that type of stuff. And, And I just think that the Titans, right, Tannehill isn't throwing the ball much, but that also means he's not turning the ball over at all. And Mahomes, you know, he makes a ton of plays, but he also makes some plays that could potentially lead to turnovers. Chiefs had a pump blocked, but they also have um, a Pro Bowl returner, Pro Bowl returner in Meikle. So I think those are kind of the factors. Am I crazy for saying this though? I think. And no one gave them really a chance against the Ravens, but I think I so, go listen to the tape. No, no, no that's don't what I'm say saying. Nobody. Some people did. Our boy Nate Burleson picked them on live television. Some people did. I actually don't think there's a single person giving them a chance in this game. I think less people giving them a chance. It's recency bias, no doubt, because the Chiefs looked unbeatable because they were down 24 and still won by 20. But I think less people are actually giving them a chance this week. And they have just as good of a matchup in theory. Yeah, no, I agree. The, the One of the more interesting things to me is how dominant was the interior of the defensive line for the Titans against you guys? They, it, sacked, it was, they got it to was, Lamar. They won the game. They sacked it, him, what, four it, times or something? It wasn't even about the p- pass Jackson, rush, though. Right, if you can sack and get to Lamar Jackson four times, Lamar Jackson... You can get to Pat Mahomes. Obviously, Pat Mahomes is unbelievable when he's outside the pocket. He is a mobile quarterback, but come on, he's not Lamar Jackson. Like Mahomes was sacked once against the Texans. You think if they can get to Mahomes early and cause him some trouble in the pocket, maybe they have a puncher's chance, but like, it's interesting to see the way that the Titans beat the Ravens was such in a dominant fashion and in ways that you didn't think they would beat them making them throw to the outside and throw it to the sidelines and making it longer throws. Obviously, that doesn't bode as well, that game plan, when you have an arm like Patrick Mahomes compared to um, the arm of a running back in Lamar Jackson. But you got to think that the matchup is still there. Like, I, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not giving the, the Titans any chance at all. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. So you got to hear me out. Well, I think two other factors to take into account. You know, Vrabel, this is his first playoff run, really. But Andy Reid has been seen before. He's an excellent coach off a bye. I don't want to hear it. 
But this is a fact, Dave, and you have to acknowledge it. He can throw up on himself in the playoffs. He's done it before. There's no saying he won't do it again. And Vrabel, you know, he's not going to out-scheme you. You're going to rely on DNPs, and he's going to just get the guys ready and focus on the game plan. That's what they did so perfectly. They stayed committed to their roles, and that's what's going to keep Mahomes in the pocket. Uh, there's tendencies that say, you know, if you can get a bit of a pass rush on him and play man-to-man on the outside— He's actually like 30% worse against man-to-man, which is, you know, it's much easier said than done. But, you know, who knows? Any given Sunday, I guess. And then the other factor is this. Revenge. What's the revenge factor? The Chiefs lost to the Titans back in... Well, that's that's what I'm saying is, like you said, they can't keep up with them scoring. And this is a total recency bias. You said it. You texted me this morning. uh, Ryan Tannehill's... Prop is what 230 passing yards. Hammered the under. Hammered. So, the under. like yeah, I said, recency bias because 230 yards. He's only thrown for 160 combined. But it's not like this is like a rookie game manager quarterback. He scored 35 in Kansas City just this year. He was the number two QBR quarterback since he began starting. So, like people are thinking, oh, it's all Derrick Henry. And yes, if he, he only if threw this for dude 180 yards that game, so my under but, hit. But I'm saying it's all Derrick Henry. And, yes, if he can run for 180, that is the optimal game plan because that means you're going down the field, scoring touchdowns, and you're keeping Mahomes off the field. But if need be, I know the Chiefs' secondary has been improved over the second half of the season, but they haven't really faced many quarterbacks. So the Titans are coming in with confidence. They're coming in with the underdog mentality. You know much about it with the Eagles. Ravens, you know, they – kind of thrive much better as an underdog, clearly. Um, so I think that while people are ruling them out, Vegas sent a message because the Ravens were 10-point favorites over the Titans, and now it's a 7.5-point game, and that's that's about a field goal's difference almost. I think that means, you know, let's not just super overreact to last week. Um, if you spot the Titans a 24 nothing lead with the coaching they have and the workhorse running back they have, that game's a wrap. So the Chiefs can't come out slow. They did it last year in the AFC Championship. They did it last week in the AFC Divisional Round. That's what's most to look out for because the same way people said the Ravens can't come from behind, the Titans are dangerous with the lead. So that's kind of my breakdown. You know if I if I told you before the Ravens-Titans game nothing about the game other than Derrick Henry's going to run for 185 yards – would you have said you guys still have a chance to, would have won the game? Uh, 185. I would have said, could we have won? Yes, but I would say like 80% chance Titans so if, won. if you see Derrick Henry run for 180, right now I'm telling you, Derrick Henry runs for 180 yards on Sunday. Do yeah. the Chiefs have a chance? I think they. it's a similar chance. Maybe it's a 70-30, 75-25 still in the Titans' the Titans, favor. The I Titans, get what you're saying, though. Right, right, right. The Titans just play such a such a uncharacteristic style of football to what we're seeing in today's day and age. They play like a very mixed way. Like we saw the nugget, the stat that the kicker, their starting kicker hasn't kicked a field goal this season, <laughs> which is wild because he obviously he was signed in December, but the, the, the Titans, they don't kick field goals. And you said last week, you love the Ravens first field goal prop. I love the chiefs first field goal prop, obviously. Um, but yeah, the Titans field goal kicker hasn't kicked a field goal. Or the Titans haven't kicked a field goal since week nine. And crazy. well, no, no, no. They ha- they've made one field goal since week nine. But 
it's because of their red zone rate is 90% when they get in the red zone, they score touchdowns, which is it's lethal and it doesn't seem sustainable. And neither does passing for 80 yards a game. And neither does a defense that ranked horribly that's allowed only 26 points over the course of two games. And neither does Derrick Henry, who's ran for the top two of the top five playoff rushing records in his two games this season. None of this is sustainable. Let me be clear. But there's outliers in life and teams get crazy hot and they're riding that mojo. So I still do believe, I do believe the Chiefs are going to win the game. It feels like destiny. It feels like this is Mahomes' revenge factor. He's back from last year's, not disaster, but kind of that that tough ending. And they're going to go on and win the Super Bowl. But I'm just saying, I've seen it firsthand. You can't count this team out. Um, I think Chiefs win, but win potentially a game that's close to three quarters. Maybe the Chiefs get separation in the fourth. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to pick the Chiefs. Um, I think I th- you said it earlier when we first started talking about this game. The one, the chance that the Titans have, in my opinion, you got to force turnovers. you got to force turnovers because you know the Titans are going to try and control the clock. And chances are with the Chiefs' run defense, they're going to do that effectively. If you can control the clock, flip a few field positions and force some turnovers, we've got a game. I don't care how many points the, the Chiefs are putting up. You do those things, you control the clock, and you force turnovers, and you'll have a chance in any game. Um, I think the only – they didn't force a turnover. Oh, yeah, they forced three. Right. Three. The Titans I were a better team than the Patriots way. in the wild card round. The Ravens had the Titans more have talent. Been the, best. the Titans have the been Titans the best outplayed. Both they played this. Playoffs. Yeah, the Titans outplayed. I think, once again, the Chiefs are uh, have more talent in the field. But this is my favorite thing to say. It's a round oblong ball that can bounce in the weirdest ways. And that Lamar throw to Andrews, that Andrews makes that catch nine times out of ten during the regular season. Lamar Lamar makes that throw nine times out of ten in the regular season. Nine? Nine. His completion. Uh, He was wide open. 60? He he was wide open. Um, And And then... He threw it high. Like, I'm not saying that was a good throw. Okay, that's all I'm saying. He makes that throw. Nine times out of ten. And the way that ball... Got tipped, you know, nine times out of ten in the regular season. Maybe that falls to the ground and Kevin Byard's not looking. It set the tone and it changed the game. Same exact thing can happen in the playoffs. That's why it's a one-game scenario. That's why we love football. And it's, you know, the best team doesn't necessarily always win NBA. You know, the majority of the time over the course of seven games, you have a good chance. So, I think Chiefs close for three quarters Maybe a little breakaway in the fourth if it becomes a Tannehill versus Mahomes thing. If the Titans stick to their guns and run the ball, that Chiefs defense can be just brutal against the run. So we will see, um, but I am rolling with the Chiefs. We getting a score? I got a score ready to go for like the first time ever. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 31. I don't know. I think the defense is playing too well. I'm going to go 27-20 Chiefs. I think that you're foolish to not think the Chiefs are going to put up more than... I think it's like it was similar to an LSU. you got to pencil them in for at least 28. I'm going Chiefs 34, Titans 21. Okay. Which I just... means by, I think I like the over, but I'm not sure what the number is. <laughs> I think you definitely like the Chiefs if you're betting it. Um, all right, that's the AFC. Now on to the NFC. Um, Aaron Rodgers, when he was drafted in 2005, said? He said that 
uh, he got passed up by the Niners, right? Who was his hometown Correct. team, he is California a, kid. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to bring it up in terms of narratives. And you know that we and the sports world love narratives. Aaron Rodgers, right after he got drafted by the Green Bay Packers, I think 20-something overall. Whatever I believe he was like 16 or 17. Nah, I don't think you're right. Check we'll while I keep talking. Check the car but, facts. Uh, he said, the, the interviewer said, um, how upset are you that the 49ers didn't draft you, right? Because Aaron Rodgers grew up a Niners fan. And they picked him. Alex Smith. I think that's the disrespect. First overall. First overall, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Picked him first overall. And Aaron Rodgers said, not as upset as the 49ers will be that they didn't draft me. Aaron Rodgers also said. Rodgers was drafted 24th. Wow. I told you. Told you. I remember that draft. Thank I, God the Ravens passed him up for Mark Clayton. <laughs> Let's see I who the Eagles, Eagles traded you, Lamar Jackson. Oh, uh, that was the season after the All Eagles right, no, uh, no, irrelevant. lost the Super Bowl. Uh, you guys took Mike Patterson. Good pick. All right, anyways. Yeah, back to what matters. Another narrative we have in this game. Um, back in week, I think. 10, 11, 13? The 13. last time I was in L.A., actually, these two faced Week off. Week 13, Green Bay and Sam Fram. Green Bay got absolutely shit-pumped by the Niners. And I think I remember texting Jack about 10 times before that game started, there's no way that Green Bay loses this game. There's no way the Niners win this game. Well, as, as stands true usually, I was wrong. And the Niners beat the crap out of the Packers. Aaron Rodgers got to the podium after, after only throwing, I think, 100 yards and some pocket change. Um, said, we didn't play aggressive. We didn't play with urgency. I think this is a team that can bounce back, and I like our chances to uh, come back here and play them again. And here we are. A couple narratives twisted into one with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. The Packers are headed into Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. I want you to go first. What, what do you? I want you to because we all know chances are the direction I'm headed in this game. Maybe I'll surprise you, but <laughs> you're really dying on the hill that the Niners aren't good, I, which is I, tough when they're I hosting an NFC Championship first. game. I want you to go. Um, first. One thing I want to point out because when I posted the clip of Rogers saying that on my Snap story, I got hundreds of messages from angry Niners fans saying. We don't care. This dude has literally never beaten us, which is he's 0-2 in the playoffs against the Niners, and they got smoked this year. So they're not afraid of him. And I've been saying it all year, Rodgers hasn't been someone to be afraid of. Could he potentially turn that on? That's what it's going to take. But let me throw this at you because, as we know, I have a very big payout pending on a Chiefs-Packers preseason. That was my preseason pick. I bet on it. Um it's faring slightly better than your Colts versus Eagles, but that's just uh, we'll just move past that. So I I like the Niners to win. I really do. I think they actually might have a better chance than the Chiefs do, which is shocking to say. But you like narratives. The NFL is some would say rigged. Some could say I mean some could say rigged. Not there as seems not to as be rigged as the snapback fantasy league. Some, some would say, you know, some things kind of turn out in weird and wacky ways. Well, did you know this is the 100th season of the NFL? Like, they oh, did no— I, pro- I knew this. Like, okay, keep going. Like, I was going to bring no, this up. Like, season 99, no one—if you had told me last year it's the 99th season, I wouldn't have known a damn thing. Now, can you tell Instead, me what season one was? I'm going to. Instead, 
They they just make up that this is season 100, which it really isn't, but whatever. Um, so they love a good narrative. They do the whole, these are our greatest 100 players. They want to make it more interesting. The NFL is on the up and up, while the NBA we thought was on the up and up. Now ratings are down, blah, blah, blah. The first ever Super Bowl is Chiefs versus Packers. Wouldn't it be funny if in the 100th season... That Which doesn't even make sense because this is like Super Bowl 54. Thing. This is only Super Bowl 54. So I am such a strong believer that the Niners are going to win this game. But all week, um, I've just been in my head about, I don't know, maybe the Packers can pull this off. And then the only thing really holding me back is your complete bias against the Niners. And, like, I hear you what, talking about the... there? I'm not from... I'm not... My team's not a rival to the Niners. I have no bias. I call it as you, I see it. You you have a bias against them. You said they're not good, and they're right, now... that's not a bias, because a bias is caused by something personal. Your bias, your bias is that you made a take in week three, and you've just been picking against them every no, single week. because it's not biased when I still truly believe it. You You truly believe they're not a good team. You've been calling the Packers one of the fraudest teams in the NFL. And they, are. they are. They are. Here they are. But they're still a good team. Championship. They're still a good yeah, team. Yeah, the Niners are a good team, but there's a million good teams in the NFL. No, the Niners team. are a really good team. Yeah, you can throw that really word in there. I'm sure as hell not going to. Yeah, the Niners are a good team. They won 13 games. They're hosting an NFC championship. whoop de doo That doesn't mean they're not cuties. The Nuggets won 60 games last season. And they were cuties. Like, I don't care what you do in the regular season. You beat Kirk Cousins at home. Throw a parade already. Now you're playing Aaron Rodgers. Now show me something. You're miserable. Uh, anyways, <laughs> the only thing that is holding me back is just your your preference for the Packers. If you like the Niners, I might be on the Packers' side. So a potential hedge opportunity uh, we could take the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I could tease the Chiefs with the the Niners to both win because I do think the Chiefs win. So I'm still TBD on what to do. But um, as for the breakdown of the game, I said it on the recap pod as we kind of previewed this game. But to reiterate, what it's going to take is a classic that bad man Aaron Rodgers performance they are not going to skate by with Aaron Jones running the ball he's been a really good running back he didn't make the Pro Bowl because a lot of his numbers are just focused on the touchdowns and touchdowns are a very fickle thing it's not truly representative of what you did on the field Mark Ingram had 15 um, like these aren't supreme backs like a Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey. So Aaron Jones, he'll play well, I believe, and they need to use him in the past games, him and Jamal Williams. But that Niners D will stifle them slightly up front. So what it's going to take is Aaron Rodgers to go in to to San Fran and put up 20-plus points, which doesn't seem like a lot because the other factors, Green Bay's defense is playing really well, uh, but they really struggle against the run. So that is terrifying. If I'm a Green Bay fan, that's my biggest thing is how can our defensive coordinator lock down on that scheme, Kyle Shanahan running the football? If you get Jimmy G to get three-step, five-step drops in shotgun, you get pass rushing situations with the Smith brothers, then you're in absolute heaven. If they're running all over you, though, and they get to tee off on Rodgers, it could be a long day for Green Bay again. Yeah, yeah I mean... Let's let's look back to week thirteen or whatever when Green Bay played San Fran, right? Obviously, 
Green Bay lost by, what, 30-something points or whatever. Rodgers threw for 104. Um, but one of the most interesting nuggets was that Rodgers was 1 of 15. The, you can call it, I can say Rodgers was, or the 49ers forced Rodgers to be 1 of 15 on third down. Since that game, the Packers are 6-0. and The Niners, they've dropped a few. I don't know exactly. But the Packers' defense has been unbelievable, giving up only 15 points per game. The Niners' defense, on the other hand, has been more suspect, giving up around 24 points per game. So, like, you got to throw out that Week 13 game out the window because I don't want to hear anything about it. Um, This is my thing. You can say that, but I think it shows tendencies because it shows that here were the advantages in that game, and we can definitely base what's... I'm not going to... It's obviously not going to be the same exact game. They're not going to win by 38 points, but we can say this is where they gave them trouble. This is how they have to fix it, and they're at a massive matchup advantage. It's all a matchup-based league. Like, the the Chiefs were an incredible matchup for the Texans. Now, this week, you know, different with the Titans. Not to say that either team was better. So I, I don't throw those out. I just take it with a grain of salt. That's how I look at it. Yeah, I mean, people are just like, I, I get that the matchups favor San Fran, right? Because of just how dominant the, the Niners have been up front. Jimmy Garoppolo is game managing. He's not taking those shots and throwing the ball deep. But, like, listen, man, in these types of games, I, I'm going with the quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers is playing like that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, that we all knew and loved for the past years, even though you told him, you said he was going off a cliff. But, listen, man, you think I'm picking the Niners? I know you're not picking the Niners. Yeah. So make your pick, then. <sighs> I think this is going to be a really, really good game. I so really when when it is Chiefs Niners in the Super Bowl, I'm just to be clear. I know you're going to pick the Chiefs, and I probably will too because I've said it just feels like the Chiefs season. But when they get to the Super Bowl, you cannot continue with the take of oh they're not that good. They won two play like if you make the Super Bowl, you're the second best team in the league. That's just a fact. That is what it is. So uh, just I'm just warning you about that now. Listen, you're not my mom, so you cannot tell me what to do. I will I'm not pick, telling you what to do. I'm just call, telling you that will you will sound I, like an idiot. I will read the cards. I will call them as I see them, as I always do, as I have devoted my entire um, career to the Snapback Sports fam, sort of. But So don't tell me what to do. That being said, Super Bowl one, Chiefs-Packers. NFL year 100. How does that add up, by the way? Yeah, exactly. Did they just so, a few Super Bowls? They <laughs> well, they used Super Bowl. Oh, they the used, NFL championships. Yeah, they used to play for that. Um, so was and, NFL championship one Chiefs Packers? I no, I think it was actually the first Super Bowl. So so here's the history behind it. On August 20th. 1920. Oh this is a history lesson uh, for the snapback yeah. fan. No, but it is interesting because, like I was joking about, like on August 20th, the meeting was held, representatives, whatever, they create this league. Uh, uh, the Tiger, blah, blah, blah. Like, although the league did not maintain official standings for the 1920 season and teams played schedules that included non league opponents, like, they didn't even play the... In 1932, 
The uh, on June 24, 1922, the APFA changes name to the National Football League. Like, they're just making stuff up. They're just making. It's not the hundredth season. They had a meeting in 1920, so now it's the it's the hundredth season. Whatever. Cool story, bro. Um, Make your pick. Key to the game. Similar to how the Titans beat the Ravens, that interior pass rush the Smith brothers has to get after Jimmy G. And get after the run that the 49ers try to establish all the time. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo it does not feel comfortable throwing outside the numbers. I think 60% of his passes I read were inside the numbers this year. Um, so it's really just a first read quarterback like we've explained earlier. It's usually open because they established the run game early. We saw the damage the Smith brothers could do to Russell Wilson last week when they're at their best. Um, so that's the key for the Packers. You got to make Jimmy throw the ball. You got to make him throw outside. And the key for the Niners is you got to keep doing what you're doing. They got to Kirk Cousins all day uh, last week, forced the Vikings two of twelve on third down. But thankfully, Aaron Rodgers is not Kirk Cousins, and I think he has a little bit more production. He went one of fifteen a few months back when they played. <sighs> I'm sure as hell not picking the Niners. So final score. 28-24, Green Bay. 28-24 with the upset. So, to continue our history lesson, it was the first Super Bowl. It was the first game where the AFL played the NFL. So, it used to be um, American Football NFL. League. Oh. No, no, no. It used to be American Football. And they retroactively are calling it the first Super Bowl. It was Vince Lombardi's led Packers with Bart Starr. They're 14-point favorites. That's pretty big for a Super Bowl. Uh, they took down uh, the Chiefs 35-10 to in Super Bowl One. Chiefs owner Lamar Hunt. Uh, Packers had Lombardi. I can Lombardi. assure you that Patrick Mahomes won't score 10 points in the Super Bowl. I, I would feel confident in saying that as well. With that all being said, I picked them in the preseason to win it all. I picked the Green Bay Packers. So right now is kind of do or die time. My pick, though, was in this. I thought I like LaFleur. I like the new system. I like that they paid up for defense finally. They're giving Rodgers defense, and they have Aaron Jones. Which didn't pay off early in the year, but since that game against since the Niners, then, extremely paid off. Yeah, so since then, you know, Jones, Devontae is heating up. He set a franchise record for receiving yards. The one inkling that I had, though, was like, oh, so much love for Mahomes, so much love for these young quarterbacks. What about Aaron Rodgers in a new system, a fresh system with a court with a coach who's going to give him plays that he likes to run? And he's been slightly disappointing, in my opinion. He's in the NFC Championship. He's here. He made the joke. He said, you know, everyone keeps saying we're a bad team or we're only an okay team, but we're winning games. And you know what? I'll take that 10 times out of 10. So I think I'm ready to just go through with it and follow Aaron Rodgers to the promised land. So I get all this crap for fading the Niners all year, and it comes I, down to the national ch- – I mean the – This is this is a heart over head pick because, like I said, I genuinely believe that the Niners are going to win the game. But do you know how much fun it will be if the Chiefs and Packers are in the Super Bowl and we get Mahomes versus Rodgers, Super Bowl one in season 100, Jack makes all that money for the snapback fam – 
Um, Can so we be honest though, like don't don't you I want me to ride with you? Don't you want me to ride with you? I think uh, it's more fun that way. I like to ride solo. You can do what you want, but I I play my game, you play yours. But okay, I think we can both agree that no matter what, as long as the Chiefs are in it, I don't think we it matters who comes out of the NFC. It's going to be an entertaining Super Bowl. I should actually, be. I actually I think, think Narrative Street is more fun for Rodgers versus yes, Mahomes. But I actually do think that in terms of matchup. A Chiefs Niners matchup brings a more entertaining game because of the Way offense better. versus the dominant defense. But yeah. unfortunately, we won't get to see that. It'll have to be a battle of the quarterbacks. But final score for you? Uh, there, I'm just putting like this land is the, the lame. Yeah, land it's the, the lamest thing ever. Like the the Packers aren't gonna win, but I'm down. I'm down to pick them. So let's go. Rodgers oh, and Co. Wait, 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 wait. Before you... That is so annoying of you because then I get... you. We get on the microphone on Sunday night. The the Niners are going to win and you're going to be like, see, I said it all along. The Niners were going to win. I mean, they're the Packers. best team. They're going to win the game. You're just hedging. You're just hedging. Pick I, I want to hedge. are going to win the game. All right. Then I'm taking the Niners. There we uh, go. 24-20, San Fran. Um, but that leaves me with work to do on my bet. So I got to think about... That a little more. I will say last last point on this is that um, you know Jimmy G. I I would love for him to prove you wrong in a sense of you know you're saying you got to get him throwing the ball. He's made a lot of clutch throws. They won in the Superdome because of him. He scored 48, like in the regular season. Yeah, in the regular season, but he's done enough so far. Everyone's done enough to get to these final four teams. I don't think. And the Packers, what they do, they jump out to leads. They get conservative. They play differently. I don't think the game is over if Jimmy G's down 10 points. I really do not. So if Aaron Rodgers that, has a lead at halftime, I promise you the game is over. I promise uh, you. And that's where I disagree. Obviously, odds will be in his favor because that's, you know, every quarterback with a lead at half has a way higher win percentage. But I just don't think it's over at that point. Like, the Ravens, you know, we got behind early. Definitely tough for us the way we're built. Jimmy G... Seem similar, but has made a lot of big time throws and big time plays this year. So give him credit where credit is due. The dude hasn't lost many games. You were all over Trevor Lawrence because he was undefeated. Jimmy G, I know great defense, great coaching, all this stuff. He hasn't lost games. And I like quarterbacks who don't lose games. I know it's crazy to say. Here's a nugget Rodgers is 62 1 and 1. Never mind. That's at home. Yep. (laughs) Good effort. Good effort. All right. Thank you to Untuck It for sponsoring us idiots talking to you guys. Aaron Rodgers is 8-1 in the playoffs when the Packers have a halftime lead. I mean, most quarterbacks, when they have a halftime lead, they win the game. That's how it goes. 8-1. Ever seen Untuck button-down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. Uh, 50 plus combinations, Untuck It shirts. They look good. Untuck It sent Abe and I some shirts. They're actually pretty dope. Fire. Uh, I wore it to dinner when I, I came look, to visit I you like, in Philly. I look like a million bucks in that shirt. You do look like a million bucks. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift for yourself or for someone else or for you want to buy Abe and I a shirt, just go to untugger.com. Use promo code BLUE. Remember, Blue Wire is who creates and hosts this beautiful podcast. So shout out Blue Wire. And the CEO, our boy KJ, is a Niners fan. So he's going to be down in Miami Sorry, with me for Super Bowl. I would like to be enjoying the game with him. Uh, so 
maybe that's why I want the Niners to win a little. But use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's Untucket.com. Promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right. We got the 20% off version of Trevor Lawrence on Monday night. It was a bummer. His first career loss. But let's not talk about how poorly he played. He will still be the number one pick next year. Um, let's talk about the greatness that is Joe Burrow. There's never, ever. I've never seen it in college before. There's best, never been best, a more unstoppable best, offense best it, season, ever. Best single season of all time by a quarterback. And debatably one yes, of the best okay. teams of all time in LSU. Um, I'm not going to lie. That game started, we were both on Clemson, both financially and mentally. Um, some of us doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled. Anyway, um, Joe Burrow looked rattled early. He looked, he was throwing ducks, wobbly balls, um, wasn't playing. Was he throwing ducks? He, he threw like one duck. He threw a few ducks. He also threw a few absolute dots and darts, but... Um, they were also they were playing from inside their six-yard line. Listen, they were getting to him early. Um, they were causing him trouble in the pocket. But I have never seen a quarterback see what a defense is doing and then be able to just on the fly adjust in-game like that. I, it was remarkable what Joe Burrow was doing. Um, the Clemson defense was just gassed uh, halfway through the game. And then that second quarter, the Clemson had a 10-point lead. Joe Burrow never blinked. That's what you want in your franchise quarterback. I pray to the heavens that the Cincinnati Bengals don't put him into a system, but rather build a system around him because we've seen so many good quarterbacks or have the potential to be great be washed out by the organizations they're in, and the Bengals are such a shitty organization. Okay, all right. This is something I do want to say. The Bengals, I get that they were horrible this year, and they were, like, on the brink of going defeated until a couple wins late. The Bengals, like, as a whole organization, really not, like, no, that bad. They, they kept a coach. They're, they kept a coach for 16 years who never won a playoff I, game, and they're one of the I understand one, that, but there's also the team, organizations in football. They won't. Spend but there's also the organizations like the Browns who have hired their sixth coach in eight years. They've had zero starting quarterback. Like Dalton had a good run with them. They just never got done in the playoffs, right, which obviously it's, isn't it's, great. It's but whole, it's not an organization yes, it is, thing. Yes, you see the Browns? They go it's, out there, they try and make moves and spend the money. The Bengals. Haven't tried to what? make a move. Did you just give? Are you saying the Browns have a better organization than the Bengals? Mm, I'd be more. Stop. Com- I'd be more. Oh yeah, my yeah. god! Yeah, You're was. losing your damn mind, dude. The Browns are the laughing stock of the league as an organizational standpoint. I think that, like they I think are the biggest the joke. Giants, but um, anyway, can we go back to the game? Yeah. It, well, this is like an NFL draft preview, but listen, man. The, the skill players that LSU had in this game were just going absolutely berserk, making everyone miss. Burrow was throwing dimes. He even threw a dime at the end of the game that was over the back shoulder of Jamar Chase, could have had his third touchdown. Literally couldn't have put a better ball, and, and Jamar Chase just turned over the wrong side. Whereas Trevor Lawrence was missing throws all game. Um, clearly the moment, you can't say the moment was too big for Trevor Lawrence because what he did... Against Ohio State, where people said that was the best team in the country, what he did in the playoff last year, I don't think it was a case of the moment being too big. I think it was like you said. It's just it feels like the Chiefs. It's it's there's magic in the air. There was really nothing stopping this LSU team from the start. It was just no matter what they they didn't waver. Even when they got down, they knew what they had. 
and they just went out and they stuck to what they do and they God, Joe Burrow was just throwing it, it everywhere. Was, it was wild. Field. And he's got the swag and the confidence and it was awesome. I was happy they won it all. They were a fun team to root for. So if you think since he's this mess of an organization, then maybe you have an Instagram burner account. I don't know. I got a message from Steinberg Steinberger Ryan. He said, hey, Jack, can you put something in the podcast? I got a mad prediction. This is really good. Patriots trade Tom Brady to Cincinnati for their first round pick. They take Joe Burrow. Wait, wait, wait. Ryan, Ryan, my guy. <laughs> Are you trying to tell <laughs> Hold me on, that 46-year-old Tom Brady is worth a first round <laughs> pick in a draft? <laughs> Uh, well, apparently with this Cincy organization, maybe. Ryan, Ryan, then, down. then, wait, this is even better. Then, because of how Brady is, Cincy tanks, gets the number one pick again, and takes Trevor Lawrence. It's a smartest choice for them. They need a m- mobile quarterback like that. Burrow isn't their best quarterback choice. And the Patriots need a quarterback like Burrow. It's perfect. I said, LOL. He said, easy. Um, I like to have so, that conversation. Say, <laughs> say Trevor Lawrence... Is coming out Trevor of, Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Okay. I'm answering your question. Trevor Lawrence. They've already said it. He's the greatest quarterback prospect potentially ever. Best one since Manning and Luck. Uh, if he comes out Trevor this Lawrence. year, you think Trevor Lawrence is the first overall pick? He should be. I mean, he can't come out, but like, you right. know what the difference was be. in that game? Joe Third Bur- down. Joe Burrow is older than Lamar Jackson. This was yeah. just a, a somewhat of a man playing with kids, whereas right. Trevor Lawrence was in his true sophomore year. And, I mean, obviously I would take, just because of pure prospect, he's 6'6", he's 200 pounds. Trevor Lawrence is just a freak of nature. But yeah, I, I it hurts me that I didn't see that how much more mature Joe Burrow is and how much – because you, you all – when you look at these quarterbacks, you all think they're college quarterbacks of the same age, but having that experience no, over Bur- the years, Bur- yeah, is just insane. He's a grown man. Like I, I think you bring up a good point. The difference in the NFL, let's say, between a quarterback who's twenty-eight and thirty-two, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, right. Like we don't really care about it. Twenty-three and twenty in college. 23 and 19, like, like think about how much you grow up just in those four years of your life. Like, you see it all the time in college basketball. Like, even these freshmen last year, R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, they were unbelievable. Cam Reddish, talented out the wazoo. Right. They run into a team who's played college basketball for four years who are grown men. Like, take, take those guys, take R.J. and Zion, and put them in their senior years at Duke. Like, it's over. come on. <laughs> like these guys could be playing in All Star games next year, so yeah, that game, I agree with that your game point. Was unbelievable. Joe Burrow just hats off to him. The greatest single season in college football history. I don't think it's a conversation. Um, he pretty much shoved every record up his butt and won the national championship and ran the table against a team that hadn't lost in two years. All the credit in the world. I think we can agree that we're we're even though we picked against them, we're an LSU podcast. We love Coach O. We love Joe. Burrow. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I picked. I think you now hate Joe Burrow for the. You have. To, I don't. Right? I don't hate him because, uh, you know, like you said, he's kind of old. 
some would say washed up in terms of the NFL. He's already 23. I see just a Brandon Whedon 2.0 situation. My quarterback has an MVP under his belt, and he's still younger than this guy who's never made a career start. But, uh, no, I, I really do like Burrow. Like, I hate Baker Mayfield because I think he's an arrogant loser who turns the ball over too much. I'm a fan of Burrow, and the Bengals Burrow aren't like is, a rival. Burrow is very arrogant. Mm, he's, he's very, very confident. confident. He's very confident, so, and he you, can right, be— so This is the media. No, this no, no. This is what the media he, does. What is, what is confident to Joe Burrow— is cocky and arrogant when it comes to Baker Mayfield. When in reality, yeah, because because oh, Joe Burrow just set every NCAA record and won a championship, and Baker Mayfield has threw more interceptions than uh, touchdowns this year. So there, there's you can't just be in a bunch of commercials when you stink. So yeah, that's my thoughts. So on confidence that. when you're losing is considered cocky. Is that that is that the math? No, he's arrogant. He's taunting. He won't shake little kids' hands at a coin toss. He's planting flags. Bur- Burrow's a he's a good he kid. A they were up seventeen in the fourth game. quarter of a national championship. He said, "Give me the ring. We got fitted. I'm a champ. It is where it is." Um, and the, uh, one last point is that Joe Brady, his passing game coordinator, who was just unreal all year, is headed to Carolina to team up with Matt Rule. Luke Keekley retired. That's a huge bummer uh, at the young age of 28. Kind of hate to see him go. He's one of the best players. A lot of respect for him. Larry Fitz is back. But you ready for this? Healthy. What's up? You know who the next quarterback of the Carolina Panthers is going to be? No. Tua. It just feels like it is. Two college guys. Mm. They're going to try and revolutionize that offense with Tua. Maybe Cam stays one more year. Or Cam goes. They pick up some draft picks. They sit Tua behind Kyle Allen or whoever. That team, they're going to watch out for the Carolina Panthers. That's what I was going to say. I was actually – I don't think they go Tua. I think the Dolphins snag him. But I think, like, healthy Cam – Wait, the Dolphins have Fitzpatrick. (laughs) Healthy Cam plus CMC plus I think Matt Rule's a good coach and I really love Joe Brady. So who knows? Um, How about this, though? Let's just fast forward eight months to when we're doing a preview pod of LSU versus Texas in Baton Rouge, and I'm going to have to tell you how my senior quarterback is going to go in and dominate the defending national champions. It's going to be amazing. Just, just I'm giving you eight months to prepare for that. I, I, I only need ten minutes. <laughs> okay. Final uh, point on today's podcast, thank you guys for sticking along, is... Yeah, the Major um, League Baseball MLB. Cracks so the Alvarez Alexander Alvarez. Um, I got a message from him today. He said he actually told me on Sunday, "Talk, hey, if the Ravens lose, talk all the shit you want to Jack. Talk all the shit." So he also said that I took it on. I took <laughs> it on the lighter side to you, um, which I think he actually has a point. I could have been more brutal. But he also said, are you guys going to talk about the Astros? You guys aren't a big baseball group, parentheses, maybe you guys are, but would love to hear your opinion. So, first of all, show our boy love. Thank you for listening. Alexander Alvarez, my guy. Um, So, for those who live under a rock, um, the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox have been under investigation by the MLB in regards to a sign-stealing using technology scandal. Um... When they both won their World Series. The Houston Astros were relaying pitches to the batter in the batter's box in real time 
by using a camera in center field to pick up the sign that the catchers were laying. They would then have a video monitor in their in their clubhouse and would relay those signs and communicate those signs. If it off off pitch off pitch speed, trying to say that ten times fast. Oh my god! Is coming An off pitch speed. Let's off try that speed, again, Abe. Say it, say it with me, one. <laughs> off speed pitch. Off speed pitch off you speed also pitch. said off bitch speed. I mean, you, you that one was tough yeah. for you. Pitch speed off. Um, you would hear this in the <laughs> batter's box. They would hit the trash can. Um, a very innovative way, if you ask me. But they got caught. AJ Hinch, the manager, is gone. The general manager is gone. They're fine. The maximum for an MLB team, which is $5 million, which is just some pocket change um, in the MLB in any major sport. And they lose their top two picks in the 20, the, their first round pick and their second round pick in the 2020 and 2021 draft. And the question is, was does the punishment fit the crime? What do you think? I think, like, retroactively, there's not a fan in sports who wouldn't take a championship for their coach to be fired and get fined $5 million. I think that, um, you know, I wouldn't be like, okay, if I knew going into next season we're going to win the Super Bowl, but it was going to be because we're cheating, a la the Patriots maybe, um, I I wouldn't be as excited. It it would kind of be a bummer. If you told me me the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl because they would have every play that was being run decoded in real time and into the headset of the middle linebacker, and all it cost me was a couple draft picks, Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman. I would initial here, sign there, and say where to. Like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a higher moral person than you. Oh, piss off. Um, and you are a Philly fan, but I think like how you know what punishment would make it right? They find them the max, so you can only find a team five million dollars. It's an MLB rule. They find them the max. They fire the coach and the GM and the president or whatever. Um, Like, they take away draft picks, which should mean something because that's how the Astros built their whole team. But, like, now they're, you know, their draft picks are late in the first round. So, was the punishment enough? I just don't know what else they could. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to disband the team. You're going to make them trade Jose Altuve, Correa. Like, there's not many options. It's just a tough situation. Um, One other thing to look out for is that. Carlos Beltran was involved, and he's now the new Mets manager. So who do you crack down on? Like, I feel like the players are taking no brunt of this. Exactly. Am I crazy exactly. for saying that? Exactly. Like, Jack, like everyone on that team should have been suspended. Listen, this punishment. They're cheating. This punishment is a slap on the wrist and will do nothing going forward in terms of the problem that the MLB has in stealing signs. Right? Stealing signs is part of the game. You have right. You have That's on, the issue. You have a man like, on second base. These baseball unwritten rules, right? They're obsessed with the unwritten rules, and then when someone breaks a written rule that's just based on a different way to interpret an unwritten rule, it's like, oh wait, ha- oh they shouldn't do that, but they can still steal them. They just can't use a camera. Right. The issue with this was stealing signs is part of a game. Like I said, the, typically a guy on second base will try and see what the catcher's throwing or try and get a pitcher's grip and then relay it to the guy in the box. What the problem was is that they were using technology in real time, getting a blatant view of the catcher's sign, and then hitting a, tr- hitting a trash can. So it was to the extent that the Astros did it. But this punishment, like I said, is an absolute slap on the wrist, 
and in my opinion, will do absolutely nothing going forward in the problem that the MLB has in science. It, it'll do something. It'll just make teams more careful when they continue right, to do Right, they'll get this. more creative in how <laughs> just, they do it with technology. Right, it's just a bummer. What I think they should have done, the players need to be held responsible, right? Because they were the right. ones who orchestrated. Like, these are the guys who are cheating. They're the ones who orchestrated the entire thing. You saw some weird articles about how A.J. Hinch knew what was going on and would go and essentially destroy the computer monitors that the signs were being relayed on. But, like, what what is that doing? You forfeit a few draft picks. The MLB draft is 40 rounds, and the MLB does not have a salary cap. Those picks, compared to other sports, mean absolutely nothing. Obviously, the, the Houston Astros farm system has been a huge role in, in their success and their dynasty, um, developing these players at a young age like Correa, Springer, um, Altuve. But, in hindsight, they're losing four out of a potential... 80 picks in a two-year draft. If their development of players is as strong as we see, that that won't have any effect. $5 million, it's nothing. Sign stealing will still be a thing in the MLB. What you have to do is you, you first off, you you take the, the World Series trophy out of the Houston Astros organization. I know that. Yeah, listen, but listen, like, listen, that's listen, the listen, same listen, thing with the Reggie Bush talk. Heisman. I know that yeah. does nothing. I know they still want it. It doesn't matter where the trophy is. But you pull the banner, you take the trophy down, so in 40 years, um, our grandkids or grandkids' grandkids don't look up and see that the 2017 Astros were World Series You think you'll have grandkids in 40 years? How old am I? 60-something? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Who knows? Um, Let's see how the Eagles and Sixers do. I might be kicking the bucket by then. Um, (laughs) But, like, this does absolutely nothing. You got two two... um, people high up in. I think it's as simple as just suspending like anyone who was on that Suspend team the for. I know you can't do forty post- games. You can't do a postseason ban like you can in the NCAA. That would be epic, though. That would be epic, and that would send a message. That actually, that would send a serious message. It sends a, it sends a message, but then you give a postseason ban, and then you, what? The Astros are sitting Altuve, Correa, and Springer in a July series against the Red Sox, where. They fans paid good money. Then you have the the whole yeah. management thing. It's saving yourselves for injury. They trade Verlander or whatever. But listen, the Astros are still going to be a dominant team. They're probably still going to be a top three team in baseball next year, if not contend for another World Series. In the short term, it does nothing. In the long term, it does nothing. the The only actually Alex Cora is absolutely fucked because um, he did it well, with he, the Red Sox. He and, left. Well, he got fired, but his punishment. I don't know if that's true. I don't. Are you 100% sure he did with the Red Sox? I'm pretty sure he's just the bench coach for the Astros when yes, he, it was going he, down. He orchestrated the whole – when he, he was he was the manager when the Astros won the World Series and they were caught using Apple Watches to relay signs. Um, they were doing it a little differently where they weren't hitting on a trash can. They were getting the signs on their Apple Watch, relaying it to the batter, relaying it to a guy on second base who would th- – All right, my question to you is this. If 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 you if I told you that this dude was gonna throw a fastball, like I almost feel like, well, if it wasn't like you're so off, like they they had to be a hot, like their technology and process must have been so accurate because if I'm an MLB hitter, right, you know I think okay, there's a, a good chance Verlander's gonna or whoever they're playing, Chris Sale's gonna throw a fastball here, right? But I still have to be, I gotta get the hands tight in case I want to hit a curveball, etc. 
If my coach is telling me it's going to be a fastball, and in my head it's like, okay, this is fastball. If any other pitch comes, it's virtually unhittable because your whole mind is just like, this is where to expect the pitch. So to trust as an MLB player like that this is the absolute pitch that's coming, their process must have been unbelievable. On the flip, if you stood in a batter's box and Justin Verlander and I told you what pitch he was throwing, 100 pitches, how many do you make contact with? That's not the point, though. The, I'm just asking. The point is how it is just a significant... That, that was just a fun question. You don't have me to... personally, don't how to many spread. am I hitting? Yeah, yeah. I can make contact. You played a little baseball. Yeah, I think I can make contact on... On a few. Okay. I don't know. I have a bad shoulder. No, we're in agreement that they cheated, the punishment was not enough. Right, but um, the, the difference it's, is, it's it's not... I understand the, some of the players came out and said that the sign ceiling wasn't even that effective and helping them in the batter's box. But in the sport of baseball, knowing what pitch is coming, especially because um, teams are changing up their signs on a game-to-game basis. So it's that... Inning-to-inning sometimes. It's that much harder to decode. But if you have an idea, and we saw before, that an off-speed is coming or a fastball is coming, and you get one sign, you're waiting for an off-speed, you take the pitch, it becomes fastball, then you know right away, okay, that sign wasn't right. But they're gaining a significant advantage via technology in the center field camera. Um, and if the MLB wants to send a message and they want this to stop being a problem, this wasn't the way to do it. Not at I all. agree. It'll do nothing right. in the future. My, my, I, said uh, to my, I said to my to my friends, I have a couple buddies that I argued this with, and they think that this isn't the end of the of the punishment. There will be lawsuits, and this this isn't over yet. I tend to disagree. I think once the punishment comes down on Alex Cora, that'll be the last you hear about it. And I said to them, if this is the last sign stealing scandal before I die in terms of using technology, you can take a piss on my tombstone. Like there is no way this is going to be the end of it. This will not send a it's message aggressive. to organizations. You saw Bill Belichick a few weeks ago with this Bengals thing. They're always looking for the upper hand. It's just to what extent will you go? And I, listen, I love sports. We all love sports. That's why we listen to this podcast. There's no such thing as integrity in sports. It's all about winning and it's all about money. And there are people out there that will do whatever it takes to achieve that. And this isn't the end of it because of the punishment the MLB handed down. All right, I agree. Cool. Um, my strawberry banana smoothie just came. So, <laughs> thank you guys for listening to our AFC NFC Championship preview, our college football championship recap, and our thoughts on the little MLB scandal. We'll catch you on Monday after the Chiefs and the Niners go, slash Packers Pat, go win. Uh, Final thought is that who knew that Anthony Davis and Lil Wayne were Packers fans? We knew, I knew Lil Wayne. Uh, Lil Wayne. Knew he Lil Wayne he wrote the song, but Anthony Davis, the Chicago guy, maybe not that big a Chicago guy, maybe kind of a Knicks guy. We'll get into it later. Fun fact. All right, snapback fam. Fun fact. Uh, my friend Alex Brownworth just texted me. Coach O played himself in the movie The Blind Side when recording Michael Orr. Yeah. I think they all did, actually. I'm going to respond to that. All right. Yeah. Go, All right, go. Sam. Peace.